America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, and hosted by me, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, the President and Redneck CEO of Brush Reader Training and Consulting, the man known as NC Scout, coming at you live from the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural Northern North Carolina. And I am joined today by my very good friend, frequent guest of the show, and best-selling author of the now four-volume Tactical Wisdom series, Mr. Joe Dolio. What's up, brother? Hey, man. How are you today? I am. I am. And uh, good good to be here with a uh, fellow... Uh, what are they calling us this week? We, I mean, I feel like we've extremists. been called everything. Ex- we're extremists. I got OPs out. I got an ambush set. We're uh, we're ready for them to come in. <laughs> oh man, it it you know it just gets better and better and better, and I think that it's very interesting to me that we had the infamous. Biden speech with the the ominous red backdrop and the um, you know you you had some very colorful thoughts on the Marines that were used in the background that may or may not have actually been real people uh, that were in the background um, there there is some some great uh, consternation out there in the conversation as to whether they they were props or not who knows who cares. Um, I would believe it quite honestly either way, but, uh, you know, I think that it's very interesting that the language that was used in that speech talked much to this, this, uh, notion of political violence and, uh, political violence is something that they discussed over and over again. And yet you have some very interesting language coming out from Democrat Senator Mark Warner from Virginia, who has labeled anyone outside of the D.C. power structure and happens to be a conservative, a make America great again conservative, as a domestic threat that is worse than international terrorism. 
And of course, you have that coming out that was out on September 11th. And then just after that, just after that, you have a Democrat representative by the name of Tim Scott, who's saying that we need to be killed, that not just this movement needs to be killed, but that we need to be killed. It's a very interesting shift in language that they are using and very violent. I would say uh, quite extreme and has a very deep uh, politically violent, politically motivated violent um, connotation to it. What say well, you? I'll tell you, he's going to try to walk it back and say, well, what I what I meant was. Now, listen, would you let Donald Trump get away with that if he said we need to kill Joe Biden and his people? It would never let Donald Trump walk that back. The guy meant it. He meant what he said. And they literally believe that they've got this power structure so secured with their securing and fortifying of elections that it's okay to just get out there and say they're going to start killing people. Uh, that was the purpose of the speech, uh, was to try and foment some violence. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm getting really sick and tired of uh, people on our side saying, don't take debate. Um, don't take debate smacks of me a lot like trust the plan. Yeah, I agree. You know, and and running the risk of, you know, kind of the the ongoing Twitter meme out there of, of quote unquote Fed posting and whatever. Um which I think is hilarious on a lot of levels, but but at that on, on one hand, it is important to say, you know, don't don't do anything rash, don't do anything stupid. Right. But on the other hand, and and that should go without without saying. But on the other hand, you should, and this is to the audience, you should actively be organizing right now. You yeah. you need to be getting out there. This is a call to arms. Okay. I'm not going to say that this is a call to action or, or direct action in, in those terms, but this is absolutely a call to arms because they're, if they're saying they're using the language, hey, we're, we're going to kill you. OK, on one hand, and I've said this in the past, on one hand, we can say that, you know, in America today, words have no meaning. Um, that the left uses words very frivolously, and they do. But simultaneously, on the other hand, words do have meaning and a connotation to them. And when they use precise language, "I am going to kill you" does not mean I am going to uh, beat you at the polls. I'm going to beat you politically, or or whatever, what have you. No, it means exactly what he's saying. This is exactly what he means. And when when you combine the language that's being used at all levels coming out of the D.C. power structure and some of the other uh, echelons of government out there, Chicago being one, New York City being another one, uh, the, the California state government. Is another great example of this, and of course, Michigan, uh, where you are in the great state of Michigan, the language that they're using is very targeted. I mean, they they are targeting us. It's it cannot be any question now. And so, what do a free people do in response and to remain free? How do you do that? Well, 
I, I hate to always bring up the trope of uh, of the 1930s, but literally right now you are a Jew in 1933, uh, and they're saying those Jews are the problem, right? Um, what did they do? They decided to say, listen, don't rock the boat. Don't do or say anything. Let's go with the flow. Let's lay under the radar. And guess what? They ended up in the same place that they would have gotten had they actually resisted. Oh, but on the other side, if they had resisted, they wouldn't have ended up where they did eventually. So um, that's my way of saying you have to be organizing, just like you said. You have to be making your voice heard. If we just continue this lay low thing of, okay, then I guess we need to be quiet and everything. Guess what? They're not going to not come for you, right? You're just not making it easier for them. But at the end of the day, they're still going to come for you. So there's two options. You just totally lay back and say, all right, I'm just going to let them do whatever they want, and I'm never going to resist, and they're still going to come for you anyway. Or you say, all right, you know what? I'm going to get ready, and when they cross that line, we're going to do something about it. Yep, they're going to be able to enact all kinds of crazy things, but they're going to enact those things anyway. All you're doing is delaying the inevitable. The, the best example I have of this is the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson. I get it. It's fiction. But in the beginning, he said, listen, I can't I can't fight because I've got a family. I've got a job. Uh, you know, all the excuses we use today. Uh, I don't want to rock the boat. They're more powerful than us. I've got to take care of my kids. I got to I got to provide for them. So he said, I'm not going to fight. Well, the fight still came and his personal struggle was actually worse because he didn't fight it when he could at the beginning. He lost so much more in the end than if he had fought from the very beginning, if that makes sense. It's it's perfect sense. And and, you know, even though the Patriot was uh, uh, fiction, it it was drawn upon very real things. I mean, it was a, it was kind of an amalgamation of Francis Marion and Nathaniel green. Right. Uh, together. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it uh, Nathaniel green is a, uh, very, very familiar story, uh, here, you know, not, not being too far removed from, from, you know, Nathaniel green's original stomping grounds and, and, uh, uh, it's it, it, so it's it's very real and and I think that your example rings true because this this is what they're saying they they are telling us this and you know when we see moves like eighty seven thousand IRS agents when we see uh, that are armed by the way when we see that they have quite literally gutted our military and forwarded a lot of equipment to Ukraine. Which, you know, where is it ending up from there? Who knows? But we don't we do not have an expected timeline on the resupply of that equipment. Meanwhile, we have all these other resources that are being very well funded here at home. And it, it it's very reminiscent to me, at least, of what Obama was very uh, infamous for saying was that yes. we needed a civilian National police force, it was just as well armed as the military, because one of the longstanding leftist goals is to get rid of the American military. And I would say that that they are doing that and quite successful in that regard. I'm going to tell you that if I was China 
and I got a very high-level Manchurian candidate into office, I can't think of what I would do differently than what we have done in the last two years. I would empty out the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I would empty out the arms lockers. I would gut the armored vehicles of the National Guard. And I would use up all of the best and most effective rockets uh, in a fight halfway around the world that really doesn't have any strategic interests. Man, I, I and really, I would also gut the military by taking out those most likely to make a stand on constitutional grounds. So um, I, I can't imagine what else I would do if I was a Chinese agent in charge here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that sounds an awful lot like the Biden family playbook. Um, you know, it, it that is exactly what they have done. That is exactly what they continue to do. And the, the, the very interesting thing about all this is that there is no denying it. There is no uh, questioning it. There is no uh, speaking directly to the questions of, of uh, whether these claims are legitimate. They just ignore it. Um, you know, they have uh, this, this uh, Karine Jean-Pierre uh, to oh, get out God. there and <laughs> to you know, literally, quite literally lie to our faces and expect us to believe it, expect us to swallow it. And, and how dare you not? Uh, yeah. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist and obviously a uh, ex- violent militant extremist or militant violent extremist or whatever they're calling us this week. Uh, whatever I am this week. To, yeah. Yeah. However, they, they're going to demonize us. And um, it's very interesting. I read something while I was uh, in route back from Utah from doing a week of classes out there. And um there, there was someone that was commenting on uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, who is our uh, Department of Homeland Security uh, commissar. And he's saying that, you know, obviously, you know, you and I and, and everybody who thinks the way that we do are, are the enemy and um, was essentially saying that. And, and this person in particular that was commenting on it was calling this pre-propaganda. And I thought that this was very, very interesting that it was called pre-propaganda. Exactly. That they are, planting that seed, yeah. Right, right. So we know that, you know, by by a lot of folks saying, you know, oh, don't, don't take the bait, don't make a stand, don't put your foot down somewhere, um, you know, and, and kind of this continuous retrograde, you know, and now we have the the highest echelons the top rings of government that are that are making these types of statements what do you think in, in your crystal ball in the realm of of possibilities and probabilities what do you think they might pull well i, I think that what you're going to see uh is some sort of a a uh mass shooting with a gunman or uh like we like no one has explained to me what actually happened in Boston two nights ago. Um, there were multiple reports of explosions, multiple reports of bombs. They get there, and I guess they eventually they wind up having to say, yeah, this looked like the whole thing was staged. Boy, isn't that what we've been saying all along? Um, yeah. So I think some sort of a, a bombing or mass shooting that they can blame on uh, 
on the right and they can say, see, we told you. So but here's the thing. They talk all this stuff about violent domestic extremism, but then they close their eyes when the black Hebrew Israelites strike. For example, there's a mass shooting that happened over the weekend, uh, September 8th, that they're not talking about to literally anyone. And it happened in Phoenix and it, it checked off all of the boxes except that one. It was a guy wearing body armor. He was wearing a helmet. He was wearing a gas mask. He had an AR. He had flashbang grenades and a Molotov cocktail. Man, this is this is literally everything they want. He came out of the hotel and he randomly started shooting. He killed two people right away. Um, he encountered several people as he walked around firing over 200 rounds. But um, I'll let you guys find the video and figure out what the what the commonality is yourself. But there were some people he encountered and killed and some people he encountered and didn't kill. I'll let you figure out what the common denominator is between those on your own. Uh, I don't want to say it here. Um, but then when the police arrived, he exchanged gunfire with them and eventually took his own life. But then you find out that his name is Isaiah Washington. Now, you're hard pressed to find a photo of Isaiah Washington. I find that one has finally leaked its way out and he looks exactly like you're, you might suspect. Um, so that's why they're pretending like this didn't happen. This was the perfect domestic violence extremism one because he subscribed to violent ideology, just not the right one. Uh, he apparently graduated from college with his uh, film studies degree and was upset that there just wasn't a job waiting for him. Because, you know, there's film studies jobs literally everywhere. Uh, so it's a great investment of, of money. Anyway, <laughs> um, apparently Starbucks wasn't hiring that week. Uh, well, and he it, it takes a lot of work to be a barista. We we are reminded that that being a barista is a Herculean, Herculean effort, good sir. Yes, and, knowing and the difference between not. a grande and a venti is really yes. tough. You, well, you have to be multilingual. Yes. If, if you're not multilingual as a barista, how do you know what, what a small or a large is? You, you don't even know. You know, a barista is such a fancy term for cashier. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, so the story goes on that this kid then went on this journey where he encountered a taxi driver who gave him a book to read. This is right out of the black Hebrew Israelite thing. They, they have a lot of them as cab drivers. They talk to people, they give them books, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, but we pretend like this mass shooting didn't happen. If it had been a guy with a Trump sticker on the back of his body armor, it'd be everywhere. Uh, but these people have done all kinds of attacks. We had the attack in Memphis last week that... As soon as it was over, everyone pretended it never happened, right? Because right. the guy was that, driving that's around. That's the one that I was that that I was going to interject with. Yeah. Because same it, same ideology. Every box. Yeah. yeah. Everything except for the one, <laughs> and, and so we have to pretend like it's not there. And then his two friends who went around the next day making threats for more. So in the meantime of all of this, as these shootings by the black Hebrew Israelites are increasing. Uh, or not just black Hebrew Israelites. I mean, let me let me interject. Black nationalists are increasing. Um, here in Metro Detroit, we had a we have a crew that's gone around uh, all over last weekend. They drove through the front door of a gun store, uh, and then they went to another one and drove through the front door. They got all kinds of guns from both. The second one, they went back and hit again the next night. By the way, great job ATF and cops for not keeping an eye on the gun store that someone already drove through the front door of. I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, they, they're looking the other way. 
they're, they're, well, they're, my point and they're going to continue to do that. Yeah, my point is this. In Metro Detroit, guns are easy to find. You don't have to hit a, a gun store to get them. Someone knows that they need an awful lot of guns to arm an awful lot of people really fast. Because let's be honest, if you if you really wanted to get guns, smashing a gun store is only a surefire way to get the, the ATF all over you, right? Uh, there's right. easier ways to get guns than smashing through a gun store. Um, right. So... Uh, I just have to ask, is there something bigger that the left has planned that some people might know about and others might not? I think they do. I, I think that yeah. that by, well, I don't want to give a timeline, but it, it will be soon, that there is going to be a mass collective action on yes. their part. There, and, and again, I don't want to give a timeline, but I will say that we we are going to see some very interesting uh, activities that are happening leading up to this election and just after it, um, you know, because for everybody that thinks that, uh, you know, on the other side of the aisle, that thinks there's some blue wave coming because uh, of, of whatever straws they're grasping at. Um, I got news for you. Economy, 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 economy drives politics. And there is just like with the disproportionate excess deaths due to uh, outside um, injections, we shall say, and we'll leave it at that, uh, that, that we can no longer hide because you cannot. The numbers do not lie and you cannot hide those. You're not going to be able to uh, hide what's coming. All right. You, you can't you absolutely cannot do it. And so what, what we're going to end up having is is a, a call to action at the grassroots level because the militant left is being used. They're a tool. Um, I was explaining this to somebody uh, just yesterday that uh, in, in a casual conversation that the left the militant left is very convenient for D.C. because it accomplishes two goals simultaneously. They can use them first to uh, attain uh, social goals that they're actually looking for because it gives them a, a larger amount of control. But it also justifies greater and greater budgets for law enforcement agencies, for governmental programs that they continue to grift off of. And the, the militant left allows them to do that. Um, so it, it, it's it's very convenient. And that's why one of the reasons, at least, that you see the, the militant uh, leftward turn of the, the, the government. And, and it used to be fairly somewhat incremental. Now it's just like a raging wildfire. There's absolutely no denying it. And, you know, w when there's going to be a backlash because the economy is bad, you can't hide it. OK, you can't hide the CPI. You can't hide the inflation. You can't hide the gas prices. You cannot hide any of these things. And it's only going to get worse as we are going further down this hole. Um, you know, this this fall, when when we get into election time, they are really going to be scared because that that's where this language is coming from. And so what do you do at that point? You resort to violence. And so that's why they're looking the other way. That's why you have places like Chicago, which are not going to be confining uh, 
people that are charged with up to manslaughter and second degree murder. They're not even yeah. going to be holding them. So, you know, what do you what do you do at that point? And I think that that we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, Death Wish, Charles Bronson, uh, people that have, have just had enough and they're, they're going to be striking back individually. I think that that that's coming. What say you? Well, I, I think that you're spot on right there, because um, when when you look at this, uh, we, we're calling it the Purge Act over on the, at the Council for, for Future Conflict, um, where literally almost every crime they cannot detain you on. It doesn't say don't have to. It says cannot. Right. It's, it's not you get the option of ticket or jail. It's a straight up. Hey, man, you can't do it. Um, if, if I come across someone who's assaulting someone in my presence, like a family member of mine, and my choice is call the police or or shoot that guy. Um, I know the police aren't going to do anything uh, other than maybe separate us. And then that guy's still going to be around. Um, wh- what are my options? My option is to just shoot the guy. That, that's all I have left. And I know that since it's in the heat of the moment, it's second degree murder. So I'm not going to be detained. So why wouldn't I shoot the guy? So if, if you actually look at it from that standpoint, the whole thing will work itself out in about three weeks. Um, but it's going to be a very, very ugly situation. And what they want to do is just make criminality 100% legal. And that's kind of been a, a communist play thing, uh, a playbook thing for a very, very long time, create chaos to make people beg for order. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that, that, that's what I was getting at when I said that it, it justifies greater governmental control um they 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 can now fully entrench those those government institutions when you look at every federal agency that we have in the department of justice every single one of them all of them every single one of them were born out of some sort of crisis whether it was perceived or real every single one of them and they were all introduced as temporary agencies. They were task forces that were put together to resolve some sort of issue, whatever the issue was that led to their creation. And then they end up never going away. The FBI was created to specifically go after anarchists that had allegedly, they were Italian anarchists who had allegedly sent letter bombs to several politicians in DC. And Uh, J. Edgar Hoover was working at the Department of Justice at the time and was set to put together a task force to go after that. Uh, It it was only supposed to be a temporary measure. Look at where we are now. Uh, Look at where we are now. You know, the the uh, the Secret Service, the uh, Drug Enforcement Agency, the ATF, every one of these were born out of some sort of crisis whether it was real or imagined that got the people into a fever pitch. And then these agencies never go away. They're, they're going to do it again. I mean, department of Homeland security was born out of nine 11. And now, you know, here we are just after the anniversary of nine 11. What has the department of Homeland security exactly accomplished other than spending a whole lot of money on rude and incompetent people at the airport, who hassle you, 
who are not helpful in any sort of way. And they, I mean, there's been plenty of studies out there that, that have been done and have been published that are not showing the DHS in, in a very real uh, positive light. Further, what has DHS done to secure the border? Nothing. They've done absolutely nothing. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the militant left, I think that they, they are definitely gearing up. They're ratcheting up for something. And you, are, you and I and our entire audience, we're the target. Well, and, and I think, too, that that if you look at the, the DHS, they're actually terrible at their jobs. Every time you look at any of their penetration testing, the guns always get through. So let, let's just keep that in mind, too. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm of the same mind as you that we're, we're building up towards something. The economy is absolutely unsustainable, and they know that that's going to come to head. And what what better way to distract you than than fresh riots from political issues that they've whipped up? with all of this rhetoric back and forth. And I know a lot of people try to say, hey, but but Joe Biden walked back his comments from that speech. You know, he walked them back in one speech and every day since then, he said at least three tweets that say the same thing, that, that, that we are extremists. So he didn't walk anything back. And I'll just point out for no reason whatsoever, whatsoever that in the last couple of weeks, I've invested in a Marine Corps combat tent, one person, a nice little tent, that's camouflage and low profile. And just this morning, I got in a new uh, camouflage over white poncho with the uh, with the pine needles camo on it. Uh, I really think that we're headed for a, a kinetic fall and winter, uh, and it's just going to continue on. And this guy was on our show the other day, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm raising a kid. I don't have time to fight a civil war. That's the problem right there. No one has the time or the inclination or wants to. Our side does not want it. But the other side seems intent upon it. And if someone declares war on you, you can't just say, I don't have time for that. Right. You have to at least be prepared to defend yourself against what's coming. I don't I don't have time for that. I don't. Uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. You're here to kill me. But I, it just doesn't fit in my schedule. Uh, maybe next week. Uh, maybe next week we can fight it out. I, I mean, the, yeah. the absurdity of such a thing. Yeah. Okay. So we're all raising kids. We're all raising kids. I have kids. I want them to live in a better world than the one that I have been handed. And I will do everything in my power to make that. So I don't want them to have to bear the burden of my inaction today. That's, that's, you know, and, and that needs to be, if you're a parent, that needs to be your attitude that I am going to leave my children better off now than they were than i was one generation ago and that, that was that was stan's is. response was that because i have children is the reason why it has to happen now and right. so this this has always been my philosophy that we're not going to go out seeking a fight but we are going to do what it takes to secure and protect our families and after that's done if there is a chance to make a stand to preserve the Constitution of the United States, or as James Wesley Rawls puts it, a restoration of the Constitution, then that's a fight that ought to be made. Um, I'll agree with everyone. We're not there today. But you guys, you're not going to know when that moment comes. It's going to be behind you before you know it. Uh, and it is, it is on the horizon, right? right? So, Right. It, it's, you know. And and I've had James Wesley Rawls on, you know, uh, a number of times now. And 
been a longtime reader of his, fan of his. But one thing that I disagree uh, of sorts is is that we'll magically have a restoration of the Constitution. There, there is no turning back the clock on this, and and it, it you know, and I don't mean that uh, in, in a demeaning way for anybody that that listens and might possibly get offended at that. But we're not we're not going to turn the clock back and magically have a constitution that exists in the same frame that our original one from 1791 was written. It's it's that's not going to occur. Uh, right, right. The idea of individual sovereignty, individual liberty. Can we revisit such ideals? Absolutely. But understand that they are ideals. It is an ideal type. And our framers knew that as well. They, they were very cognizant of this. But you have to understand that every one of the framers of the Constitution, as well as the signers of the Declaration of Independence, knew that when they signed that, they were signing it in blood. They knew that. They understood that it was something that that was very visceral. The the uh, uh, signing of the Declaration of Independence. A lot of the the signers were veterans themselves. They understood what they were getting into. They knew that the penalty was death for this, that it was treason towards the crown. They understood it. They respected it and they were respected for it. They had a lot to lose. By doing that. And in writing the Constitution, you, you're coming out of a war that was absolutely savage by everyone's uh, estimation. And, and the war wasn't done by 1791 either. It, you know, 1787, it was the cessation of hostilities. The British looked at it as, as kind of halftime, and that led to the War of 1812. But by 1791, we were still a very deeply fractured nation in terms of how we were going to be governed. And we had a, a very loose coalition between the anti-federalists, the federalists. Then there was the Canada question as well. Um, there was they, also um, Tory militias still out running around the countryside refusing right. to give up. Right. Which led to the formation of Canada. That I mean, it, yeah. it they. The, the the history was written in blood and for for us in in this era we we cannot judge this is a problem that i have with with a lot of the conservatives um you know in the, in the constitutional convention guys and and them they don't seem to to understand exactly how this is going to work out uh i don't see it working out very well especially when the left it, so if if the left's activity and government's inherent desire to grow itself, right? Because every politician that goes to D.C., every consultant that goes to D.C., everybody that works in a professional capacity in D.C. is only there for self-enrichment, right? right. So we know that, that they are going to grow themselves. And the left, obviously, is a manifestation of that or has some stake in that. It's not a winning argument. It's not a winning argument to say, hey, we're going to open up the Constitution as it is to be changed. It's not going to work. Um, so it, to say that we're going to have this magical rolling back 
of the Constitution to its its original intent, to the founders' intent. You have to understand that by the time we get to that conversation, people are going to be very, very deeply scarred by the events that are going to take place between now and that that undetermined, unspecified time, if we make it that far. Um, and and it, that's that's the thing that you have to understand. There's a lot of leftists, and, and I'm going to speak to the left, and, and I know that, you know, you know, uh, by some of the colorful interactions that, that we both observe and regularly observe on, on social media and in comments sections and, and wherever else, that there's a lot of leftists out there who are praying, praying for civil war, right? Because they're the ones that oh, yeah. are that are issuing the, these talking points. But they are living very, very comfortably, and they are a product of comfort. They do not understand fundamentally just how savage it's going to look. And there's a lot of conservatives that fall into that camp as well. Um, but I would say the left is, has got a very serious problem on its hands uh, just from that regard. What say you? No, I, I think that the left has this fantasy that they can just eliminate the right. And I said at the night of the speech that that two party, the two party system in America died with that speech and they're going to do everything in their power to make that true. They're going to allow some Republican wins, but they're the uniparty Republicans. They're not actual conservatives. They're guys like Dan Crenshaw and Lindsey Graham and all that who, who vote more with the Dems than they do with anyone else. And it's going to make it feel like there's an opposition party, but there isn't. And if you're anywhere, you know, essentially to the to the right of Mao, uh, you're not going to be allowed to play and you're going to be called an extremist and you're going to be removed from office. There was a news story that happened over the weekend. It was kind of a blip, but it deserved a lot more attention. And what it was was a ruling by the Congressional Research Service that the 14th Amendment uh, there's a legal basis to use the 14th Amendment to prevent uh, any senator or representative who wins an election that's a Republican who made comments supportive of the January 6th event. There is a legal way to keep them from actually taking office. So in other words, if you are truly an opposition party, you cannot take office. Now, it'll probably get struck down on the Supreme Court, but that doesn't solve your problem because they're going to keep you from getting in the seat and they're going to put a Democrat in that seat. And no matter what the Supreme Court says, your seat has been given away at this point. You'll have to run again. Um, and they're going to use that to kind of beat any political opposition to death in this election. Joe Biden stood up there and said that Democrats wanted to dispute elections. And then he has spent every minute after that finding a way to make sure that any actual conservative who wins can be forced to not take office. You need to pay attention to these kind of things because that's how they're going to end um, effectively the Republican Party. Right. No, it, it, that that's exactly right. They and this is this is how they're going to do it. And they will frame it, by the way, as, as everything's legal. It's perfectly legal because a court approved it. Right. This this is the sound bites they use. And I'm going to point out that everything that Adolf Hitler did was perfectly legal. Perfectly anyway. legal. Yeah. When you write the laws, you can determine what is legal and what is not. And, you know, 
we we're we're seeing this. Whatever they they can't get done legislatively, they'll try to do judicially. Whatever they can't do judicially, they will do extra judicially. They will do it through things like Visa now flagging any purchases made inside of gun stores. We have UPS coming out saying that they're not going to be shipping firearms anymore. Uh, so this is this is very dangerous territory that we are entering. And we can say, well, and I've said this too, I've made this point that that this case is a clear violation of interstate commerce clause and that it will be challenged in the Supreme Court. And I expect that it will be if we were living in normal times. Right. That's that's the problem is that we have to wait for it to get challenged in the Supreme Court. There is no mechanism for the Supreme Court to land an injunction on such a thing. It has to be heard. There has to be it. Well, first, the case has to be uh, agreed upon. The writ of territory has to be handed down. This is uh, but the thing is, is that there is no mechanism when governmental structures decide to, to say, you know, hey, I, I'm not going to agree to this and I'm just going to do whatever I want. I mean, look at the Heller decision. The Heller decision went completely ignored. Heller versus D.C. It was a landmark case. It went completely ignored. Look at the New York decision, the most recent decision. Yeah. Completely ignored. They don't care. They, they they're not wrote laws to, to go around it. Yeah. Right. They're not willing to follow the law. Look at, I mean, you know, the uh, going back to the case coming out of uh, Memphis of the the mass shooter there, he was using an illegally modified Glock, right? There's been a lot of videos that have popped up from that corner of the world as well where they're using illegally modified weapons and they know it. And where's the ATF? Where's the FBI? Where are the the uh, press conferences? Where are the the law enforcement media scrums where they're getting out there, where they're saying we're going to tackle crime because we're going to go into these areas and we're going to shut this down. They're not doing it. Instead, they will target you and I because they say that you and I and our audience and conservatives and good people in this country that otherwise follow the laws, respect the laws of our land and and are decent human beings and not bothering anyone we're the enemy right well we're and, the and here's the problem these guys are out running around with the illegal guns but the ATF is knocking on the doors of people who legally purchased legal guns or guys who ordered solvent traps and we're finding that they're going out and knocking on the doors of people who run oil change businesses cuz they order a lot of oil filters that can be used for other things. Yeah. That, so that's what? Old. Yeah. Right. It's it's we're, we're it's an absolute period of, of insanity. Um, you know, it, it and one thing that I, I need to say, though, uh, just a, as you were uh, going about that, uh, Tim, what I, I stated earlier when I, I mentioned Tim Scott, it was not Tim Scott. Uh, the senator from South Carolina, when I misspoke, um, it was Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan. Yes, uh, that's not it was. Tim yeah. Scott. Tim, Tim Scott's OK. I mean, he's he's a little too friendly with with uh, Lindsey Graham and that crowd. But um, but, you know, he, he is from the great state of South Carolina. He is a, a conservative. I wish he would be a little more conservative, but I do like the guy. 
Uh, I do like the guy at, at the end of the day. So, no, it was not Tim Scott. I, I needed to point that out. I thought that it was wrong, and I sat here and I looked it up, and, and yes, I was incorrect uh, because it was like, Tim Scott, that, 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 I'm pretty sure that's the senator. I, I think I misspoke yep. there. It was Tim Ryan. Uh, Tim Ryan. But with that said, you know, talking about the the insanity of the the uh, the duplicitous way in which laws are, are being applied and investigations, the frivolity of it all. Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell. So, you know, just oh. two days ago, Mike Lindell getting raided by the FBI at a Hardee's. Nonetheless, uh, Hardee's, the the incredibly awesome uh, fast food chain, which is known as Carl's Jr. in in uh, the western half of the United States. But uh, Hardee's, which which has awesome breakfast and uh, great hamburgers and everything else. Love Hardee's. But um, he he's at a Hardee's. So he's going there to get himself a bite to eat. And the FBI pulls in, closes him off, drives in front of him, behind him, because obviously uh, Mike Lindell, multimillionaire, very, very original American success story, literally coming from the depths of of, uh, drug addiction and making something out of himself and a great Christian. uh, Also, on top of that, just all around good man. Obviously, you got to make a, a big show out of this. Right. And they snatch yep. up his cell phone. You know, you had some interesting commentary on this online that I saw. And, uh, you know, I had to to jump in and oh, yeah. provide some commentary as well, because it is something I know a, a thing or two, a smidge about. But Tom, <laughs> what 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 is your take on all this? And, and what more importantly, I would say, is your takeaway for the audience out there? How do they need to be protecting themselves? So I've got a couple of takeaways. Number one is that there's literally nothing that the FBI wanted on Mike Lindell's phone. They wanted to have a scene and intimidate left or right leaning people from doing anything. So I happen to know because I'm kind of involved in the project myself. Uh, I'll put my name out there. I, I, this is the third person I know of that I have sent uh, messages to uh, who's been arrested or, or dealt with the FBI. So, Hey, I'll put my name out there. They they already have it, but they they haven't spoke to me because I haven't done anything, right? Um, but Mike Lindell is involved in a project to gather what's called the cast vote records, and the cast vote records don't tell you who someone voted for, or even who the voter is, but just what what voter from what address uh, cast a vote at all in the last election, and what. Lindell's team is finding is that there are addresses with like 100 and 250 voters. Now that's possible in an apartment building, but once you dig into the addresses and you find that it's what we call a commercial mail receiving agency, I know you know what that is. Uh, that's like a, yep. U, a UPS store or a mailboxes, etc. When you find any votes cast from there, let alone hundreds, that's a crime. You have to uh, register to vote where you actually live not at a commercial mail receiving agency. And so he's got people out all over the country uh, talking to guys like me, investigators, and having us get out and do Freedom of Information Act requests and submit that data. So that's why they went after Mike Lindell. Uh, it's not like Mike Lindell is is some sort of a massive officer in a secret underground army. He's challenging the election on the grounds that there were some people who voted who shouldn't have. 
um, which actually under the law is your right. So they're trying to trample rights. They don't need his phone for all of that. They wanted to take his phone to inconvenience him and to be very, very public because they knew that Mike wouldn't wait to get in front of a camera and tell us all about it. Um, They wanted to remind you that they're out there and they're going to target anyone who challenges the left narrative. They could care less about Mike Lindell, but they wanted you to see it. So uh, I think that you need to get real smart about your communications and what you store on your phone. Uh, I think the biggest thing is stop taking your phone literally everywhere you go. Uh, Scout, you agree. You're you're literally taking a spy device with you when you go places. Um, The only reason for them to seize a, a cell phone right now is to get into your secure messaging apps. So if you've got, Uh, If you've got text messages, they can get those from your phone company. If you've got emails, they'll get those from Google. But if you're using things like ProtonMail, Proton Instant Messenger, Signal, any of those secure things, they need your physical device to get at it. So do a a check right now. Pull out your phone. Pull out your Signal app. If you can go directly into your Signal app without entering another different passcode, then uh, you're not doing it right. Uh, you, you should have a separate one on there. Don't make life easy for them. They want to seize your device and force you to unlock it so they can get into everything that's not secured with another password. Now, you have to get away from using facial recognition or anything biometric because under the law, they can force you to submit to biometrics. Like if they arrest you, they can force you to submit to a photograph and force you to submit to fingerprinting. Same thing with your phone. But if I have a passcode on my phone, that implies I want things to be kept secret. Therefore, the Fourth and Fifth Amendment attach. You can't force me to unlock that phone because then I would be incriminating myself. So you can't make me do it. Um, Your face, though, is not the same. (laughs) So you need to secure it. Yeah, I I, I would agree. And uh, obviously, uh, 100 percent with all of that. Um, you mentioned Signal, and, and I want to point out some things about Signal that uh, was, was very interesting that came up in, in the conversation specifically. There's a lot of misconceptions about Signal out there, and I know that, that people like to use it. It's kind of the knee-jerk um, reaction, and, and this is something I've brought up a lot lately. Get away from qualitative comments and get into qualitative comments. All right. Or, or quantitative, rather. All right. When, when what I mean by that is, is when we use qualitative descriptors, oh, it's encrypted. OK, well, now quantify that somehow. How is it encrypted? What is the, the mechanism by which it sends information? It stores information. Uh, what is the strength of said encryption? Because, I mean, I, you know, I can use a lock on a door that has a three digit combination on it. I can break that lock very easily, you know, it, it, and and not even, and I'm not even talking about cutting it off. I can just decode it. it. It's, it's a simple, how many combinations do I have here? Right. So point is behind all that is, is signal is, I do not recommend signal for anything other than people you would already be talking to. Um, it, it, the only thing, and I'll be blunt here. The only thing that I use signal for is talking over tablets. 
that uh, it, it and talking to people that have or maybe, you know, running around on their cell phone or whatever. And I have to communicate with them uh, that way, because you got to understand that Signal stores your actual phone number. It is registered to your phone number and it it also stores a significant amount of metadata with it uh, just based on that number. So um, I'm going to tell people to stay away from that. Uh, it also, when you register that number on the Signal Network, it tells literally everybody who has your phone number stored in their device um, that you are now on Signal, which is problematic as well. So, you know, if you think that Signal is the only answer for uh, all of your uh, privacy needs, you are sadly mistaken. I think that it answers in, in this day and age, it answers none of them, none of them. Uh, also, your data is being channeled and pipelined into a central location and then sent back out to the recipient. So there's a man in the middle. There is the potential for man in the middle attacks. Um, but the one good thing about Signal is that it is open source and you can take the program itself and make your own spinoffs from it. So there is that. Um if, if you have the I time, think, the inclination, the, the programming skill, what have you. I think, too, um, the FBI has been using this verbiage a lot in their warrant applications. So and so uses an encrypted messaging app for secure communications. Listen, right. It's not illegal. It's absolutely not illegal. But they're painting it as illegal and they're painting it as an indicator of some sort of nefarious activity. Never mind that they use it on a nonstop basis, but you need to be careful of, of who all knows that you use Signal or or that you're looking for encrypted radios or, or whatever it is you're looking for. They're going to say that that means you have some sort of nefarious intent. Um, now, I know a lot of attorneys who love Signal because they want secure conversations with their, with their clients, but... Um, I know one attorney who's sitting in jail because she used Signal uh, with certain clients that uh, the government didn't like. So, yep. Yeah, it's um, to, to your point, it, they're using the term encrypted messaging app as a means of articulating the, the reasonable suspicion to probable cause uh, necessary to get a warrant. So yep. that that whole continuum, the probable cause continuum, this this is what they're using to articulate reasonable suspicion, uh, specifically, very specifically. Um, I know this because I've I've taught this in a professional capacity, so it, it's you know, and and, and you know that uh, as well, in, in our conversations that we've had, and and other folks that know me, and you know, I do teach this also to civilians now full time as part of brush beater training and consulting. But, um, you know, so again, signal is, is something that, you know, if, if I look at it like this, I don't send anything over signal that I wouldn't send in a, a regular SMS message. Right uh, on. Yep. It, it, that's, that's pretty much the way that you need to look at it. There are a large number of other alternatives out there that I strongly suggest um, you know, and I go into very deep detail about that in class, what those are. Um, I've also done a lessons from the farm 
uh, podcast, uh, which is on the patron side uh, here on Podbean. Um, and I went into deep detail about each one of these, what they're used for, the ones that I suggest, and secure ways to get them. Uh, don't just download them from the Google Play Store, folks. Um, it, 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 I, I just that blows my mind. The, the people that are like, yeah. "Oh, well, can I get that on the Play Store?" No, no. I mean, maybe, but you don't want to do that. Okay, you you do not want to do that. That's a bad idea. Uh, don't be getting it from Google. Google is quite literally their toolbox that they are using. The, you know, the people that we're talking about here that are, that are hunting for you, Google is their toolbox. Um, so don't, don't be getting it from there. There's plenty of other ways to do it. I hand out these apps in class, uh, to folks. I have a, a whole lot of data that I hand off and I show you how to sideload it into, uh, devices and, and setting that up. And, and I've created a whole class for that uh, specifically because in the RTO course, Joe, you know, when, when you had the RTO course, I did uh, talk quite a bit about it in there, but it, it didn't go deep enough. And so um, as part of the intelligence collection and tradecraft course that I have coming up, um, I taught the first one over in Tennessee. I've got another one coming up in February here in North Carolina, we're doing all of that and we're going step by step. So one of the required pieces of equipment is that everybody brings a, a Wi-Fi only tablet in and uh, we get you squared away. But that's the world you're living in, folks. That is the world you're living in. You, you have to act accordingly because we're on. Um, it pains me to say this, but you need to start thinking about yourself as being part of an underground and on a war. Foot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they, they, they're using the language that you're the enemy. Okay. You've got, you have politicians, sitting politicians that are saying that you taxpayer maker in America, somebody who is just petitioning government for lawful authority. Right. And, and making good on saying we, the people in the world, they're saying that you and I are the enemy. And you can't take this laying down. You cannot take these things laying down. You have to stand up. You have to make it count because it only works if we all do it. Okay? We all either fight together or we're all going to hang together. All right? Or hang individually, rather. I jacked that up a little bit. But that's all right. I, because I get fired up about all this stuff. Right on. So if you were to get a tablet, a secured tablet, what would you get? Not not a phone, but a tablet. So anything th – this is going to sound really funny, but uh, go to Walmart and get the, the cheapest 7-inch tablet they have uh, that's Wi-Fi only. I think they, they're selling them right now for like 40 bucks. Yeah. And get on there and get as much of the Google stuff as you can off of it. Android 11 makes it a little bit of a challenge. Um, a little bit of a challenge to root it. You can get most of the, the Google stuff off, not all of it, but what I would do at a minimum, and again, I, I go into this, you know, in detail, you've, you've heard me go into it specifically, but at a minimum, I would get wire because wire is, uh, pretty ubiquitous and, and the graphic user interface is pretty easy to use. I would get Briar. Uh, Briar is uh, Briar like um, 
briars that you run into in the woods that have thorns on them. Um, that app, because that is a peer to peer messaging app, uh, you can use it over Bluetooth as well as data. And, uh, these work on any Android platform. The, these apps specifically will work on any Android platform, but you want to have a Wi-Fi only tablet because now this gets into war driving where, you know, I can just drive around, I can find an open Wi-Fi connection and I can send messages over that. Now, for some folks that hear that and say, well, you know, th- that is true, but they're also going to get, uh, if somebody is monitoring you, they're going to get that Wi-Fi location. They're going to be able to ping that. And that's true. Uh, that, that can be done and that can geolocate you. But because everything has a, a, a caveat to it, they have to really be digging deep to be able to do that. And and if you are uh, being slick about it, and there there are some ways to do that, Orbot is another app that I strongly recommend uh, that's floating around out there, and that pipelines all your traffic through Tor. If you're being slick about it, because it can also anonymize your MAC address as well. These these are all free, by the way. These are free apps. Uh, Wicker is another one. Uh, Wicker is pretty interesting for a number of reasons. I know Wicker is, is, uh, had extensive use, uh, among clandestine groups in Eastern Europe. And I will leave it at that, uh, because I am in contact with a lot of people who are, are operating over there, uh, on the Ukrainian side. And they have some interesting things to say. So Wicker has been used very extensively and that's another one um so you know and and to anybody that's saying oh well you know maybe gov has got backgrounds into all of it or, or backdoor into all of it and yeah well oh maybe so uh maybe so but these are ways that you're going to keep yourself secure for a number of a, a wide number of reasons um the government doesn't have a magic backdoor into everything because if they did, uh, they wouldn't be going to the measures that they're, they're taking. They would do it in a very different way. Uh, so please, folks, heed the warning. Secure yourself. Uh, now, I will say this uh, about one more word about tablets. You know, you can go with the dirt cheap ones. And, and those are the ones that I use in class. Um, but you may want to step up to using something like a, a Samsung A7 because it has uh, a much better processor in it. It's about double the price, but it has a much better processor in it. Um, so it's going to run a lot smoother. You know, y- your overall experience is going to be a little bit better, but just so long as you make sure that it's a Wi-Fi only tablet and it's not a doggone Apple device, um, you're, you're going to be good and mitigate your footprint with Google as much as possible. Um, and, and you'll be good to go. Cool. I, that that that's been my question. I I bought one on your recommendation, but I haven't gotten everything done that I want to on it. So, working on it now. So, and get the eight. Do not be the silly guys who think ATAC is the way to go. Get with the, <laughs> the spot app. Yeah, because blasting out your geolocation data to everyone in the world is genius. Because uh, uh, apparently it's just like a video game. Everything's just like a video game. All you little Call of Duty warriors out there that get on YouTube with your skinny kid jeans on and shoot fast at stationary targets. 
uh, and then brag about your split times. Um, yeah, you know, at least, at least I will say this, at least they're out there training. Uh, so there is yeah. that. Although training with people who are not professionals, in my experience, uh, tends to tends to reinforce bad habits for a lot of reasons. Um, but I will say that as well. But, uh, you know, yeah, but I, I will take this opportunity to shit on ATAX because it, it, it was a bad system uh, from the beginning. They repackaged it and sold it to uh, select groups out there, which have also since dumped it. And now it made its way into the civilian market uh, because they, they literally could not generate enough money uh, through government sales for it because everybody with a brain realizes that it was a bad idea. Um, and it also didn't work very well. So, you know, um, there, there, yet it exists. Right on. Okay, cool. I'm getting me a new tablet right now. I'm, I'm searching right now based on your recommendation. <laughs> Joe, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Still got me? Hello? Are you there? I'm here. Okay. All right. My, uh, my program on this end decided to mute itself uh, yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh this this recording program is is uh went through some updates and now it's it's a little um finicky for whatever reason but we'll get it sorted out we'll get it sorted out i'm still getting up to speed after being out in the beautiful state of utah uh for a week and a half so it's uh getting it all figured out anyway brother fastest hour literally fastest hour every interview that i do with you is just wow um any last words for the great patriots out there before you get a punch out uh i would say this guys stop acting like this isn't happening because it is you have to be ready for it amen amen brother well as always it is great to have you on it's great to have your insight and you know your grounded view on the world folks can definitely check you out on twitter at doliojtacticalwisdom.com as well and you are a uh, frequent frequent flyer on the council on future conflict as well if you are not subscribed to that Get over on YouTube, uh, look for Watcher on the Web, Council on Future Conflict. I've been a guest on there uh, once, and I'm very much looking forward to doing that again. Hey, if you're free tomorrow morning, we're talking domestic. We're going to have a lot of people, but if you want to jump on. so What time? Zero nine? Nine a.m. Yep. I'll be on. All right. I'll be on. I'll Come be on. on. Don't know if I can make the whole show, but I'll be on. Yeah, jump on. All right, brother. Well, anyhow, with that said, folks, keep training out there. Keep your nose to the grindstone and keep a level head. But you need to be taking the opportunity right now to be organizing. Getting together with those folks in your communities right now. 
If you see an FJB flag, if you see a Make America Great Again banner in somebody's yard, remember, those are your people. Those are your people. You need to be networking with them and having those conversations because I promise you those conversations are being had about us right now. Folks, God bless, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout, out.